Fireside Chats, the weekly podcast where commies sit down to shoot the shit about current events, history, political economy, and theory. This week, we're talking about Star Trek instead. We're watching the finale to Next Generation Season 1, entitled The Neutral Zone. Joining us again is friend of the show and special guest from Alpha to Omega's Captain Tom O'Brien. We have a wide-ranging discussion, talking over the episode as much as commentating, from the obvious reflections on classless society to the inevitable speculation about the shape of formal presidential genitalia. Boldly going where no swamp side has gone before. This is a messy one, so we might as well just pull the pin on this and get started. Alright, All right, so this has been a long time coming. Um, <laughs> and over a lot of us, one of our like pet fixations is like, besides Posadaism, is also Star Trek. And they're related in a way, and I think we've talked about this before. We'll probably talk about it again. First of all, I should point out, we do have, again, uh, Tom O'Brien in the studio. So... <laughs> Hello. Hell yeah. So what we're going to do today is we're going to watch season one, episode 25 of Star Trek The Next Generation. And we're going to talk a little bit about what is probably like one of the few American pop culture manifestations of space communism. And I don't know. I mean, I could say that Star Trek was probably kind of influential on me because... I got into Star Trek before I got into communism, and I feel like on some level, even in like a subconscious way, I probably wouldn't have been able to like grasp a moneyless, you know, future utopian society as well if I hadn't consumed this as a child. You know what I mean? Did, did anyone else have like a similar experience or? Of course. I mean, who doesn't want to live in a more advanced, better future? And it's totally in line with the humanist, enlightenment, liberal values that we have in the United States. But, you know, taken to its nth degree to a point where it's basically something else. I feel like for all the ways that it doesn't live up to a vision of a classless society that we would want, it still has this incredible utopian imaginary that today are it's like dead. Like yeah. people can't get their utopia up these days. Like <laughs> must yeah. be something in the water. Our labor movement, our, you know, social democratic Lasallian project, none of it adopted in Marxist guise. Like, so all that stuff, all those, like, socialist hopes that in Britain would have been in the spirit of 45 or whatever, a lot of it got deflected onto Star Trek in particular. Hmm. And this became a sort of way of working out, you know, the communist future in American terms. It's really interesting to hear, like, Roddenberry like executive types talk today about preserving Roddenberry's vision because you know what that vision is. You just can't, can't really say it if you're uh, an executive defending the Roddenberry estate. Right. Right. Last time we talked, Tom, you said you watched all of the series like straight through recently. Is that I did, yeah. Three years ago, I, <clears throat> I was sleeping downstairs on the couch because I had a new kid and I couldn't put up with the lack of sleep. So I, I watched maybe two or three episodes every night for maybe, a, I think, close to a year. <laughs> every single episode of Next Generation, the original Voyager, Deep Space Nine. That's awesome. Uh, what's the other one? What's the one with the fella from? Uh, Enterprise. 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 Jesus. Every single one, pretty much in a row. I think there's about 700 in total. There's quite a few. There's only about six plots. Yeah. Did you watch the movies, though? Not so much, no. I've I've watched the new series, actually. It's pretty good. The new series is great. I'm a big fan of it's good and it's bad at the same time. It's not Star Trek, though. It's not shit. It's a bit cynical. I actually sat down and watched, like, two and a half episodes of, like, the new Star Trek or whatever. And, like, revisiting this older stuff, like, one thing I kind of, like, realized is that, like, Star Trek is actually supposed to be boring. Like, totally. It's, it's like aesthetic that, is dull. That's, like, the, the thing is, though, that's the fun of it because it's television. Well, like, television is, it, is a passive medium. Like. Is it boring or is it chill? It's chill. It's a chill space journey. Yeah, well, that's yeah, exactly. Like you can sort of like project yourself as being like in like this communist future, and everything is just very relaxed, and you can kind of just like sit back and like watch it. 
and like forget about your problems basically but also sort of be allegorically reminded of your problems you know yeah yeah because no, it's like the republic we got these characters and let's have them talk about philosophy and big problems and stuff in a chill environment and the it's fights like, they have never look real only it's less fan fictiony yeah. Star Trek fighting's the best. I mean, the original series is, here's three kind of characters that give three different outlooks in different sci-fi philosophy stories. There you yeah, go. Basically. So, uh, I, you know, there's an incredible amount of episodes. But uh, no, I first came to communism with the Incas back in the 16th century, where they had no, no money and an economy. So that was my first introduction to it. And then I watched Star Trek in college. So that's how I got into it. Uh, yeah, I caught up with a lot of it in college, but I, I like the problem is when I got into it as a kid, like Voyager was on, so that was like my first show. Actually, I'm old enough that it was kind of like before everything was on DVD, so it was hard for me to like see the old episodes. But it wasn't until college that I really went back and watched like most of it. Did you ever watch Star Trek, Donald? Were you, were you ever into that shit? I had um, a general interest in sci-fi. I never was able to watch Star Trek. For some, I mean, I could have, but I just, I was into Isaac Asimov, um, Arthur C. Clarke. Never was into Robert Heinlein because he just seems like like a militaristic, like fascist nut job. I read a lot of uh, classic sci-fi. Like one of my favorite novels is Childhood's End, which is about these aliens that come to Earth and they kind of like bring society to a utopia so yeah i guess i was in the star trek no not star trek with sci-fi what about you rosa me i i never really got into star trek because it was like too cerebral for me to watch as a kid and I, i've never really had any kind of experience with it outside of the jj abram movies which are just like i i just don't like them because of like the weird light flash thing like, the way J.J. Abram directs movies is just, like, it hurts my eyes. I watched, like, this short, like, behind-the-scenes featurette for that, and, like, they literally get the lens flare effect. Like, J.J. Abrams literally stands just outside of frame with a flashlight and just, like, <laughs> flicks it into the camera. I'm not even fucking joking. Yeah, that does sound like a joke, honestly. It does sound no. There's footage of it. He's like, I they, they like a super cut of him saying, "Yeah, another flare, more lens flare, another flare." Yeah, I love this lens flare. Like it was like, it was, awesome. like it was like a minute and a half long. And then there was another part. Apparently, they get like the shaky cam thing. Like he literally stands um, on the part of the camera where the film spools are and like shakes them with his bare hands. And like that's literally how they get that effect. Yeah, I mean so. that kind of sounds like the cinematographic like version of like ultra pretentious prog rock winking like EL- <laughs> like ELP type stuff like you know like rock bands playing like thirty minute long rock versions of Beethoven just to like show how well they can play up and down the scales or whatever. Yeah, well, and like the lens flare, it doesn't occur organically. He's literally standing outside a frame with a flashlight, like whipping it into the camera. Ugh. Anyway. It's just like, ooh, look at these fancy effects, man. But yeah, yeah. I, I saw the J.G. Abrams movies and didn't like them. And I did watch individual episodes of Star Trek and enjoy them, but I never became, you know, a full-on Trekkie. Yeah, well, the J.G. Abrams movies are like, you know, I like Star Trek, but I really just wish it was about 9-11 and shot like a beer commercial. Not... It's like I really like Star Trek, but I want to watch Transformers instead. <laughs> <laughs> Some uncharitable nerds consider those Star Trek movies to be J.J. Uh, Abrams' uh, application to direct Star Wars. Oh, they totally was. It totally was. Yeah. And it works. I mean, come on. Yeah. And you know what the best part is? Is that it pissed off a bunch of Trekkies that hated the, the stylistic parts of Star Wars. And so now they're stuck with them. <laughs> now, yeah. now Star Trek is just shot like Star Wars. Well, and... Star Wars is totally different from Star Trek because you still have, like, princesses and, like basically a feudal order and, and there's a republic the thing about star wars is it's a romantic revolutionary tale star Sorry. trek does not have that revolutionary edge yeah like, star wars is basically about the Viet Cong, if you think about it like. <laughs> well the way i kind of looked at it was star wars is the revolution and star trek is full communism but in even Star Wars, it kind of represents more of a kind of like a national liberation movement than an actual proletarian revolution. So would that make the prequels like the Weimar Republic, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's direct parallels to Weimar in the prequels. Yeah. 
it's literally just the Weimar Republic, and then the original is like World War II. The original had like a bunch of different interpretations that you could take, which I kind of thought was interesting. Yeah, it wasn't actually supposed to be that deep. It was just Buck Rogers plus like World War II imagery. They actually based it off the Weimar Republic. You could have made it a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, George Lucas, what do you want? In in the newer movies, like they make it perfectly clear that the Empire is fascist and the you know, the Republic is like pop front republicanism. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense because they're not the Republic. In the new movies, there's like this other thing. I, I don't even know what it's called, but it's essentially like the thing that replaced the Empire and the rebels, the the, the rebels now are just like this faction that's like fighting the remnants of the empire yeah. and like the, okay. the, the uh, thing uh, that replaced the republic just gets killed off at the it, it, it makes no sense i'm, I'm gonna cut this off i don't want to bait and switch our audience oh uh, like, yeah with them star trek right. and then we talk about star wars for yeah. 10 minutes yeah we don't want to jj abrams our audience <laughs> all right I, I apologize i just you know i like making comparisons between the two it was an interesting digression but i need we need to we need to yeah. get this back in line get okay. back to star trek let's get star back wars, to the future so- so I want to start the episode. If you want to watch along with us, I'm going to say three, two, one, and then start. You can press play at home yeah. on Netflix or whatever the fuck you're watching this on. We're only watching the finest quality version of it on <laughs> Okay, so does everybody have their media player app of their choice ready? I do. Yeah. Yes. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, start. First officer's log, Stardate 41986.0. We are awaiting okay. pretty cool spaceship card who was summoned to Starbase 118 yeah. for an emergency conference. <laughs> Meanwhile, Beautiful. our sensors have been monitoring God, an ancient capital floating in our vicinity, which appears to be from Earth. I wonder how it got out here. At its present speed and heading, it will eventually enter the Kazos binary system and will certainly be destroyed. I could attach a tractor beam and adjust. Warp has got a very large forehead. I did not, Mr. Warp. Just a piece of space. Oh yeah, that's a five head. That's a six head. Captain, we've noticed That's. I mean, that's something they did. It seems like they've done that with like every new iteration. Because like the originals, like the Klingons were just like some dudes, like in some shirts. Uh, and then this, they had the forehead, and now like they look. Now they're like eleven foot, aren't they? They're like. It is a piece of yeah. The size of a human. And they all sound like they have mouth guards in their mouth when they're talking. Yeah, and they look like dinosaurs. Well, yeah, first it was, like, the USSR. But now it's, like, they're, like, Muslim, like, jihadists, basically. Like, Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're the other guys, obviously. Yeah, but, no, like, and that's funny, like, because, like, the scene of that first episode of Discovery actually reminded me of, like, The Stranger, you know? Where she, like, ki- like she kills that dude or whatever. Like, it was... It was no like, way. That's kind of a great comparison. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and, God. Anyway, uh, that, that's, that's part of what sketched me out about the politics of that show, but... Yeah. Um, J.J. Abrams is racist. There we go. J.J. Abrams does not care about Klingon people. That Klingon actually posed a threat. Commander, look at this. The onboard computers have ceased functioning. I may be able to download this old-style disk drive back to the Enterprise. That's the other thing I like about, like, old Trek is that, like, you don't actually have to watch it. Like, you can just have it on the background and still pick up the story. <laughs> yeah, not so with Discovery. Yeah, you can get you can get shit done with this, you know what I'm saying? Sealed. Probably with age. Not, not necessary. And then I also noticed these basically are the pods in Futurama that, like, Fry wakes up in. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... It, it, Probably modeled after this. No, yeah, they're they're the exact. It's the exact same like shape and look of it. Popsicle tubes. Who's in the tube? Oh, they're dead. Ah! It's a fucking skull. Sorry, what were you saying? Future, I'm actually did a really good episode about Star Trek too. Like they kind of they kind of did like the perfect Star Trek tribute episode where no fan has gone before. Yeah. All right. There's some people in the tube. Yeah. One thing I never, one thing I don't understand here is like, why is everything all scraped up? Like this thing was just floating in space this for like thing, hundreds of years. Like, what, what was going on in here that the, that could be like all fucked up like this? Oh, I don't know. It's just shitty. Oh. I don't know. Commander. The reason we're basically watching this episode is for like the two Picard speeches about like 
future communism, basically. So. <gasps> oh shit! Oh, there's a bomb. A woman. I mean. Uh, like yeah. That's that's the entire point here, pretty much. And it's yeah. a it's a nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon. But yeah. seriously, it's is a good intro, classic intro, one of the best in the history of TV. I was actually I always thought that like Voyager had the best opening. I mean, I like the theme song of Voyager, but not as much as I like the theme song to Next Gen. The, the, the Next Generation Trish. was it's very oh, imperial frontier. And you also got like the Patrick Stewart. We call the Voyager Starship, Starship Enterprise. I mean, your, your your Patrick Stewart impression does need some work. I mean, real talk. Yeah, that was horrific, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that sounded more Sean Connery. It sounds like Edward G. Robinson or somebody. No one has gone before. All the openings are pretty much good except for the M Enterprise one. Oh my god. <laughs> it's been a long yeah, I could not believe you put a crap rock song on that one. Yeah, that was I don't insane. know what they were thinking. Because like the original series, they were gonna have there be like word. There's like words, just lyrics to like the original Star Trek theme, but they just never used it because they thought it sounded so stupid. Yeah. I, I yeah, there's some kind of copyright thing, and Roddenberry wanted money and added lyrics to the theme at the end or something. Uh, and then like the new show, it just seems like they just found someone who's really good at After Effects and they're like, go. Wasn't this literally written by a fan and a writer strike or something like that? No, that's that's yesterday's Enterprise. That was a fan script. Where where are you guys at on this right now? Dun 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 dun. dun. That's why. All right. We'll have warp drive under communism. Yeah. I mean, we kind of have to to do like interstellar travel or. What, yeah. what comes first? That's a good question. I don't think capitalism will bring us warp drive. Now you don't no. think socialist Elon Musk is gonna, gonna no. make it happen? I, I have no trust in Elon Musk. I have no trust in Elon Musk to ever do anything good for space travel. Isn't isn't like Jeff Bezos like trying to like get off the planet or whatever because like it's all going to shit or something like that? Isn't he? Didn't didn't Jeff Bezos like talk about he's interested in like space travel now with his money too? If, you know, yeah. I mean, all these Silicon Valley people are trying to like just do horrible shit. This is just, they're all the absolute worst kind of capitalists. And that's saying a lot. That's, it's like a million different startups that do absolutely nothing and make no profit. Like, this fucking Tesla hasn't been profitable since like the start and it's been around for like 15 years. Oh. I do not believe we should leave them here, sir. With your permission, we will be returning with three containers. We should probably just watch Star Trek instead of having me rant about. Are no, you good? The rate of investment has declined, so you can imagine R and D would go with us. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, honestly, I just kind of wanted this to be more of like a springboard for conversation than like a thing we strictly like. Captain, I wasn't expecting us to like MST3K this thing or whatever. So, oh. let's, let's catch up here. Riker doesn't have a beard yet. Also, they beamed aboard to a mystery vessel, which they couldn't scan for some reason. Are we Are we literally going to, like, we're starting to sound like my dad, like, showing all movies. Oh, and then he goes over there. I mean, we're going to get deeper commentary once it gets into the meat of the episode. Like, yeah, we, we do have to get some deeper commentary. We didn't even mention that Riker doesn't have a beard yet. Well, and, you know, the, I know that the phrase is, like, grow the beard for the show to get good. But, honestly, I always thought the new uniforms was, like, the marker of where the show got, like, better. There's been no yeah. That's like season three. Since the Tomid incident. Questions are, why now? What's that objective? I love... Yeah. Like, one thing that's interesting, like, no, this no, series, no, like, no, Picard really loves his meetings. Like, he literally... <laughs> like, he gets everybody in there. The strategic decision... I still, like, show. always, whenever I think of Patrick Stewart, I just think of Lennon could because of the, the oh, whole yeah. series. True enough. He I actually watched that whole series. Incredible, Lennon. Coming so suddenly after all this time. We have to assume it's a setup. 
The other thing is, like, I never understood, like, why, what, like, the, I mean, people say Wesley's the worst character, but honestly, Troy's the worst character of them all. Troy has some really good episodes. Not early on. Like, they don't write her very well early on. But she has some, she, she, she can act. She's got some good episodes. I mean, her, her literal thing is, like, someone will be like, the Romulans are charging, they're powering up their torpedoes, and she'll be like, I'm sensing hostility. Like, she, like, she brings nothing to the table whatsoever. There is limited information, but I I will prepare something. They they write her terribly, and also her character is basically like warm intuition. It's simple. Yeah, no, it's it well, pretty much, and it like it's just I don't know. Like I almost like to I almost prefer to imagine like she's just a con artist and like this she's just some like woo woo person who like talked her way into Starfleet, and it's just like faking her way through it because she never brings anything that's like truly insightful. That's because rationality is inherently better than intuition. I prefer mind reading between two. There's no such thing as mind reading. Yeah, on Earth, but on Beta Z, Call yourself a communist. Anyone can read feelings in real time. If someone looks bad at me, they're probably mad. What kind of misogynist doesn't believe in psychic? Well, she's not psychic, I mean, though. Like, a psychic, I hear what your right thoughts now, are. She doesn't hear anybody's thinking. thoughts. She just hears what she feels just what they're feeling. No, no, she does. I mean, her... It's, it's a sexist stereotype that women are more naturally intuitive, while men are more, like, reason and, like, logic. She literally talks to her mother. Yeah. In, right, exactly. But, she, but she, does she do that with anyone else? Like, I've never seen her on this yes. show. Who? Uh, this, like, weird other psychic guy who's... It was a kind of fad in the late 20th century. People feared dying. It terrified them. So, oh God. yeah, with the brain, the weird guy. Yeah, you could only do it with other psychics though. Like, if she was on the bridge and was like, "Yeah, the Romulans are thinking this exactly right now," like that would be useful. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. She's just like Space Jill Stein, I guess. it apparently worked. Mr. Data, do you remember they repeat they replaced Beverly with this other doctor, and she was. Pulaski. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was season two, right? Yeah. Beverly Crusher, mostly pretty good depiction of a new communist woman. Except for that time she fucked that space ghost. Well, there's also, there's another episode where she's like, there's like a trill that transfers bodies, and it transfers from a man's body to a woman's body, and then she's like not into them anymore. It's kind of of gross. So, like, the three people that survived in the future, like, one, I guess, I think she said she was a construction worker, right? And then the other is... Who's a construction worker? I think the woman. She was either a construction worker. Isn't she, like, a homemaker? Maybe I think her husband was a construction worker. Is the husband not, like, a capitalist? The husband didn't make it. She died before her husband. She He had her frozen. Then she basically... I think she said something about a construction worker. I probably should have paid more attention. It'll come up later. Anyway, the other guy is a capitalist. And the other guy is, like, some kind of, like... He's a country musician from the 90s. musician from the 90s. Is that supposed to be, like, Garth Brooks or... Basically, Garth Brooks before Garth Brooks exists. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. It seems a lot more fun than Garth Brooks, to be honest. I mean, who isn't? But they definitely do, like, the... It, this is the future. Like, we don't have these diseases, you know? Like, all I had to do is give them a couple pills and injections, and now they're fine. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, and now, now the yeah, total they... organ failure stops from drug addiction. It's the development of the productive forces, you know, is unlocked in new ways, especially in medicine. She looks like Kit Wild. Did Data just like decide to wake them up? Oh shit! Yeah, well, she fainted because she saw womp womp. She saw the guy. What the fuck is this? She was like just going back to bed. (laughs) Whoa! His head looks like the cover of Unknown Pleasures. This is weird. (laughs) What's interesting here too is people like they were they were so afraid of death that they froze themselves or whatever. Information from the ancient disk I removed from the module's computer. Her name is Claire Raymond, age 35, occupation homemaker. Must be some kind of construction work. She died of an illness. And they also suggest, like, in the utopian future, that, like, people's, like, relationship towards death is, like, completely socially conditioned, so people are just, like, cool with it or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like, uh, Pordiga's, um, like that. That is not scary. Yeah, that, where it, like, suggests that, like, under communism, people won't fear death. They'll have a sense of purpose in society, and society will be organized around their pleasure. 
They won't fear death because they'll be good Red Army soldiers. No, it's because life will be worth living, and you could be like, nah, all right, I had a good run. Yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine not fearing death. That's just. Yeah, I also can't imagine it. I'm just, I'm just entertaining it. Sounds like someone who hated life. Yet he had himself frozen, presumably, so he could go through it all again. Too afraid to live, too scared to die. Uh, Doctor, this seems to be a situation more suited to your talents. I'll leave it with you. I'll be on the bridge. I think under communism, like, people's relationship towards death will be less, like, pathological. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think there will be, like, probably, like, cultural things to help people, you know, like, deal with it in a way where it's not like, I must stay young forever, I must never die, you know. Keep them out of my way. I love how Picard here is like, keep them out of my way. It's like they're in the sick bay, like, ten floors down. Like, what the fuck are these people possibly going to do to, like, get in your way? I know this is all very confusing to you, so I'll attempt to explain. You are on the starship USS Enterprise. American. No, it's a vessel in the United Federation of Planets, and Earth is a member. Uh, and did did they even ask him to unfreeze these people? No, well, Picard was mad that they unfroze him. He was like, they, they were already dead. Like, why? Like, they were dead. Like, dead's dead. Like, why, why, are, we, why are we bothering oh, with this? Oh, wait, here's Beardless Riker's moment to shine. In fact, all of you are now in excellent health. It worked. I made it. What is that? An android. <laughs> you mean a robot? Actually, there's a distinct difference between an android and a robot. And and him, the one I saw before with the head. She means war. Yeah, this is like the cute part before like their philosophical differences like start to emerge. Explanation. Now listen, guys, I paid some idiot a lot of money to freeze me when I died. <laughs> it's Jr. from Dallas. Murders. This guy's great. <laughs> oh shit! Really? Oh, yes. Absolutely. No. And the liver that was about to explode in my face? Perfectly sound. <laughs> Excuse me. Could someone please tell me what's going on here? About 370 years ago, you died of a massive embolism. Yeah, so this is basically like more exposition. About that. You and the others were frozen. Uh, uh, chronics, you know, it's a freeze you now and heal you later. Yeah, I've heard of it. I just never gave it much thought. Thanks, country guy. <laughs> They've given the country guy some bad teeth, haven't they? <laughs> the wacko yeah. that told me this scam said that by putting us in orbit, there wasn't going to be no chance of a brownout. Yes, several uh, cryonics companies fell into disrepute because of power failures, which adversely affected their refrigeration system. Ooh. Their stocks were severely depressed. Uh, the whole deal was a long shot, but I figured, well, what the hell? Might as well give them the dough instead of giving it to my ex-wives. Jeez. <laughs> it's amazing how much sexism makes it into the future here. Well, I mean, to be fair, this guy just unf unfroze, but you do see yeah, it in the show still overall. Beverly sure. just, like, smiled like, oh, man. These 20th century people. Now you got it. Now, if you didn't contract for this, who did? It, it must have been my husband, Donald. If it was new and foolish, he would have popped for it. Well, I'll say this for it. It's the first thing he's ever bought into that worked. Boom. I, for one, never had a doubt. <laughs> my stock in this company must have split at least a dozen times. Oh, this guy, how did this guy make any money? Like, he's such an insufferable jagoff. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? How could anybody work with first? Yeah, that's why. The market selects for insufferable jagoffs. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I need to make a phone call as soon as possible. Oh, this is cute. Phone call? Yes. He literally thinks it's going to be like Fry on Futurama where he'll go to the bank and have like a bazillion dollars with yeah, interest. Like, Let the bank know that I'm alive. And, well, uh, it's going to be a little difficult right at the moment. Well, do you at least have a copy of the Wall Street Journal? He just asked for the Wall Street Journal. I'm sorry, sir. The, the Wall Street Journal's office was burned down during the revolution in 2050. And then we'll talk to the captain. There is a neo-Trotskyist government that tries to manage some riots, and there's big like riots against them in Deep Space Nine. It's pretty interesting. That's the Bell riots, right? Yeah, yeah. The guess Nine would have these great moments where it's like, this is the place where the riots took place, and we're here right now. Like, right before it gets to, like, commercial break or whatever. Like, it even gets trots versus anarchists, right? Yeah. Belief in their own superiority is beyond arrogance. For some reason, 
they have exhibited a fascination. So uh, these are basically like trying to introduce like the Romulan threat is like because this is the, like the last episode of the season, so they have to like one other thing. you know set something up. They will not initiate anything. They will wait for you to commit yourself. Counter punches. Thank you, Counselor. It's quite valuable. Oh yeah, replicator. Replicator. I'd like me a, a thick Kansas City steak and uh, some country fried potatoes and uh, a mess of greens. Uh, oh, hell, just forget all that and give me a martini straight up with uh, two olives for the vitamins. All right, so this guy died of of liver failure. I love and how they the, give the, this guy they give this guy like a sound effect, basically. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah. Like it like gets the country like, twang, like every, yeah. Yeah. That's that's so like off format like for this show like I love the just like, give a shit and just do that. It totally does look like a country music singer like a pop country singer from like the 1960s 50s. Yeah, not 90s but 60s. Yeah, classic country. Yeah, definitely. Like he could. Yeah. I think this is the first replicator scene. The country singer has the same teeth as Ricky Gervais. Oh my God, he does. Yeah. Oh Holy shit. Is this really the first Replicator episode? On TNG, at least. I, I, oh, wow. I believe he means television, uh, sir. Yeah, it's, it's no, an alcoholic it's ordering a martini. That particular yeah. form of entertainment did not last much beyond the year 2040. Well, what do you guys do? I mean, you don't drink and you ain't got no TV. It must be kind of boring, ain't it? I only watched like a third of the episodes of the original series, but I never saw a replicator. They eat like these like jello nootropics. I don't know. <laughs> Have they introduced the holodeck yet? I'd want so. Yeah, the guy was like, yeah, you know, you don't watch TV, you don't drink. What the fuck did you do? And he's like, like, we got a replicator and you can fuck whoever you want. Yeah. Whoever you I, want. That's what the holodeck yeah. is for, not the replicator. Oh, sorry, holodeck, holodeck, sorry. <laughs> Jesus, man. I mean, if you really wanted something like full, like, communization, you would have to have, like, replicators, basically. Yeah. That'd be, like, the highest stage of communism, I think. Yeah, like, if you wanted to absolutely eliminate all labor in society. Judy calls, hey, I understand. Why don't you come back later on? You and me will find us a couple. All you'd have to do is basically service like the like raw material and energy sources to yeah the replicators working basically. Oh my god, low mileage pit woofy. What is to be done? I just don't think that we could be like, oh well, yeah, we'll just have replicators like in Star Trek to like argue for communism. Well, no, because where you get the raw materials? Yeah, exactly. Extract it from like indigenous like territories. You know what I mean? Like, where does it come from? There's a whole world division of labor that has to be changed in order for something like that to even be viable. Yeah, it's a thought experiment about what post-scarcity economics would do to human culture. We are six hours from the neutral zone. I've been unable to establish communications with any Federation colony or. You guys ever see like first contact? How many outposts are there? In this oh yeah. No, might be might be the best of like those Star Trek movies, but like. Saw it a very long time ago. Definitely the best TNG movie. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's not too tough to to crack though. I mean. <laughs> yeah, Wrath of the probably the best. I put First Contact at like second place though. Yeah, I enjoy Just because you got like Picard with like a Tommy gun. Like. Oh my god, action Picard is so good. And he goes, he basically goes, he goes all like uh, fucking uh, Captain Ahab, like against the Borg. It's amazing. The Borg Queen is kind of bullshit, though. Yeah. You know what else is good? The Undiscovered Country. That's the one where like the Klingon. I don't know. It's like an extended Soviet Union Berlin Wall metaphor. Yeah, where Kirk wants to check his privilege. Yeah. Yeah. What is the one where they go back in time? Well, that, that's that's that is the worst of ever. That one's fun. That one, like the, the worst one was five. What would God want with Federation Starship? I just can't imagine a good movie based around saving the whales. The strategy is. It was directed by Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, well, and it's, yeah, it has like Spock and Kirk like encountering '80s street toughs on like a tram or whatever. It's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spock Vulcan neck pinches a uh, a punk on the subway who's blasting some radio. This is Captain Picard. To whom am I speaking? Ralph Offenhaus. I need to talk to you. What is going on here, number one? Did you give him permission to contact me? Of course not. He must have seen me use the comm panel. Uh, listen, Mr. Um, 
They're all white, but that guy's rich. <laughs> here's, a, here's a question. Was Gene Roddenberry a facadaist? We don't know conclusively, but what does your gut tell you? My, my he gut... took interest in it, probably didn't like dogmatically follow it. What is it, QE2? It was a passenger liner which mostly traveled Earth's Atlantic Ocean during the late 20th and early 21st centuries. It's, it's definitely possible that the same environment you know, made both of them. But wow, is it ever close? All right, everyone, everyone, shut up. Yeah, this is bad writing. The guy should know that it's thousands of years into the future. Yeah, but capitalism's gonna last forever. That's the point. of capital. Everyone, shut up. This is a good. Well, he's talking about calling his lawyer. His lawyer's excellent. Now, maybe we'll be able to get some things straightened out. We may indeed. Those comp panels are for official ship business. Well, if they're so important, why don't they need an executive key? <laughs> Board a starship vessel, that is not necessary. We are all capable of exercising self-discipline now. You will refrain from using them. Now, just a minute. We are in a very serious and potentially dangerous situation. I'm sure whatever it is seems very important to you. But my situation is far more critical. I love his voice. I don't think you are aware of your situation. Tell him, Picard, tell him. Time has passed. Believe me, I am fully cognizant of where I am and when. Pitch, you were talking about calling your lawyer. What, what? Than a man in your position could possibly imagine. No offense, Matt. But a military career has never been considered to be upwardly mobile. I must contact my lawyer. Your lawyer has been dead for centuries. Yes, of course I know that. But he was a full partner in a very important firm. Rest assured... That, that firm was expropriated strong. a while ago by the workers' state. <laughs> Shove it up your ass. <laughs> That's all this is about. A lot has changed in the past 300 years. People are no longer obsessed with the... Tell him. ...accumulation of things. You said the word accumulation. ...eliminated hunger, want... The need for possessions. We've grown out of our infancy. You've got it all wrong. It has never been about possessions. It's about power. All the disdain on Picard's expression, too. To control your life, your destiny. A capitalist pig. Grow up. That kind of control is an illusion. Boom. Yes. Really? Bourgeois liberty is an I illusion. <laughs> I should be dead. And communism look at capitalist people as like medieval peasants. Yeah, basically. I love, I love you. You think his hand is like moving to go around her and he's touching thing. Like, uh, can someone please clean up this mess? Like, this lady's getting all emotional and shit. Uh, I don't have this. I don't know how to work that. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're there. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> such an interesting I mean, representation of a, of a man you know he he's way. the new communist man he hasn't they haven't that's why like, it makes sense to have him play lenin yeah okay. they haven't abolished gender that I stuff is still that. around but the kind of masculinity he embodies yeah. is like come on, the greatest so. hopes of what it could be and what it never is in our lives rational what's going on for the first time i feel completely out of touch it's uh making me crazy you can understand that that's the first thing you said i do understand i'll see what i can do and please stay off the comp panels that's the like utopian aspect of this like the, it's so accessible like anybody can get on the comp panel and like talk to the captain or whatever will you get those people under control we cannot afford this continuing distraction yes sir Oh no, Jill Stein's gonna go tell him what's what. I, lo I love that Picard's just like, deal with these fucking people. <laughs> My name's Diana. They sent you here to settle me down? I know, like, originally Roddenberry wanted Picard to be like this Chad type, basically. Like, how much of that is like the fact that, like, he's bald? He's, he's bald and he's like proud of it, you know what I mean? I'm like, take he's her. bald, he's old, he just, he just wants I'm to sorry, deal I'm things in like a diplomatic manner. You're feeling profoundly sad. I can't stop crying. I, 
I miss my Kirk son. did kind of have like this fragile ego or whatever that was everyone was always like you know scurrying around to protect but like Picard it's not like the same at all you know like there's something I don't know what it is I mean you, like the, maybe the Freudian term is like castration you know what I mean like good intentions the idea that like there's he's accepted like yeah. some kind of like damage by like being alive and has like integrated that into his yeah. personality Picard is like secure in his masculinity well Kirk is like a fucking like Roid Rage college frat boy. Yeah, Roid Rage. He's like your dad. Like he's like Kennedy, basically. You know what I mean? He's a hothead. That that dude. You don't want that dude as your boss. He's grabbing your ass every five minutes. You know what I mean? Like. Oh my god! Yeah. The, the thing about, like, they have like a Kirk sort of analog here. That's Riker, but Riker is super like into consent and stuff. He's Bill Clinton. Right? Kirk is Kennedy. Riker is Bill Clinton. No, right. right. Clinton does not care about consent the way Riker does. Don't even yeah. say that. Yeah, Bill Clinton yeah, like probably point. fuck kids. You just know. It's like the but it's like the idea people had of Bill Clinton in like the nineties. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like before all the you know. Yeah, Bill, <laughs> the rape Bill Clinton's late ladies man. And he's five. Full names, date, and place of birth. But there's also something kind of like lewd about it, like you know what I mean? Like it's I don't know. How much shagging did Clinton do that he's got a bent penis? <laughs> what? What? He's got a bent penis. Am I the only one who knows that? I don't think that's how penises work, though. Yeah, I mean, I, he actually has a bent one. I've got a bent penis. It's not exactly okay. a badge of honor. No, no it's I mean, like it's something you're wearing like, like the crooked penis. No, I'm That's very interested in this all of a sudden. So does, does Bill Clinton really have a <laughs> bent penis? That's what Monica Lewinsky said. <laughs> like, what, how, how bent, though? Like, how bent are we talking? Like 90 degree, degree angle? I think a 90 degree angle. Holy shit. No way. That's, that's weird. What's his name? I've seen that before. Before. Really? You mean Lieutenant? Yeah, like it's like crooked enough that it oh, kind of looks like a boomerang. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Yeah, it's weird. There's a big man. There's a big world out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of different dicks out there. You know? Yeah. And every dick looks like yours. No. Yeah. Generations Yeah, she's thinking about like her kids have all grown up and died already. Yeah, like that's gotta suck. The Poochie song. Get over it, woman. Get over it. Jesus, Tom. Get over it. You're you're part of the new human community. You don't need family. Family's been abolished. <laughs> that's what that's what Picard would have told her. Like this lady was like, yeah. oh, we'll, we'll go, we'll go on the future version of Ancestry.com and like look up who you're related to. <laughs> all kids are born in like pods. Yeah, and, and no one has me. kids. Look, I'm about to go out of my That's mind. pretty uh, communist. I mean, here Baby bats. And look, the, the musician. The Borg. Yeah, oh, yeah the, that's true. The Borg, the Borg is like the Ayn Randian characterization of what collectivism is. Barracks communism. I think they made the Borg to be like, look, we're not collectivists. This is collectivist. Inquiry. You do not seem to be having as much difficulty adjusting to your current circumstances as the others. You mean being here on this tub 400 years from where I started? Oh, heck, it's the same dance, it's just a different tune. I kind of like that the musician is pretty chill with all this. He's just like, yeah, fucking whatever. I, don't, I didn't have any investment in that fucking world anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's an artist, you know? Yeah, he's one step away from nihilism. Yeah. yeah. I must leave now. Uh, what's this neutral zone? It is a buffer between the Romulan Empire and the Federation. Why does that make me nervous? I do not know. Well, we won't be inviting these Romulans to our party, will we? No. That would not be appropriate. God damn, he looks like Ricky Gervais. But he's got more of an overbite than Gervais has. Captain's like, Nick Gervais is more of an underbite. We have arrived at the edge of the neutral zone, where we will now have an opportunity to learn firsthand what happened to our distant outpost. I also love how, like, late 80s, early 90s, like, future spaceship is, like, basically, like, the inside of a lens crafters circa, like, 1985. <laughs> I'd be cool with, like, the socialist planning, like, headquarters looking like this. Yeah. I mean, the carpet's a bit much. I'm sure it's good for the acoustics, but... Also, the costume's kind of corny looking. Yeah. Jake is no. like, we all, we all need to have costumes. We need hardwood floor. You know what, though? They should have went with the skirts. They tried to phase in, like, gender-neutral skirts in season one at Next Generation. Roddenberry was pushing for it. And people were like, whoa, that's gay. You gotta not do that. 
But what about kilts? Are kilts gay? No one thinks of kilts as gay. I have spent. People probably think of kilts as a little gay. If it's like. I imagine a lot of people, like, when if they even if they still see, like, a kilt, they probably get a little. They're masculine and you get a little bothered if they're not used to it. Like in Scotland. In Scotland, uh, it's thought of as being very uh, manly. Look here, what yeah. made for me. Yeah, like the only people who really do it here are like, like punk types if they're younger, and douchebags if they're older. I mean, this, this dude's guitar is like so '70s country singer though. There is a situation developing on this vessel that directly affects us, and all you can talk about is that stupid guitar. Hey, now these folks don't need us swimming in their suits. So why don't you just relax and let them do their jobs? Well, that may be all right for you. But I am not willing to allow my fate to be decided by others. I don't want anyone to ever have to tell me what on. to do. <laughs> That's the kind of idea of freedom. <laughs> we are yeah, they, yeah, they should have done gender, gender neutral skirts. I would have fucked with people's heads. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, the show did fuck with people's heads when it came out. I strongly and in a couple episodes, they do have them. The they should have made Picard wear one, and you know he could have just been like, "That would have been great." No, it's it, it's more breathable, like it's for comfort. Yeah. I agree, Captain. I recommend we go immediately to battle stations. I appreciate your advice and concern. This is not the time for rash actions. We're still investigating. There are three other stations in this sector we have to visit. Let's proceed in a calm and orderly manner. If not battle stations, may we at least take the ship to Yellow Alert? Yes, Number One. That would be prudent. Make it so. You were saying, Jake, what they have to worry about, about the passengers, like, ten floors down. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, they could have posted a guard or something. I mean, I don't It's funny how they're called the Romulans, and it's like, yeah, I don't know, they represent the, uh, the backwards, like, days of the Roman Empire. Yeah, they're totally ancient Romans. Um, they're kind of fashy. The glory yes, of Rome. The, uh... I want to go to the, um, to the, um... Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Where would the captain be? Okay, Google. Captain Picard is I want to go to the toilet. Oh, uh, is Riker really tall or is, like, Picard really short? A disturbance. It is it's... large and moving, but I cannot get a positive lock, nor can I get it on the view screen. So wait, does this mean that Roddenberry's, like, a race realist? <laughs> Captain, That's a good question. For all power to the phases and arm the photo. I mean, because yeah, because like the Vulcans, they're like logical. Well, it's interesting because the, all race politics is transmitted into different species, so actual human race politics have been solved. Yeah. Yeah, but there's other species. They basically all act like stereotypes. All the minority characters. Now that is true. The Ferengi. This is why. This is why the Ferengi are basically like Merchant of Venice, like Jews, like yeah. rubbing their hands together. They're supposed to be the original, like baddies for the show, but people found them so like contemptuous that they invented the Romulans. I've lost them. Yeah. Well, yeah. The Ferengi, like that's so on the nose. Like it's on like, the nose. <laughs> no, for real. Oh dear. All right. This is Swampside Chats, not the Daily Show. <laughs> no, I'm saying like they're just they're such like a blatant care like and they they were mostly played by Jewish people too. They wanted to see if we would fire. Who the hell are they? Get that man off the bridge now. Riker's falling down on the job here. Like he, he, Picard told him to keep these people out of his hair, and now it's about to be a problem. He didn't post any guards. He didn't lock their door. They didn't do anything. Come on, didn't you study your desad like Van Gaim told us? This bourgeois liberty thing is bad. The thing yeah. is, though, when Star Trek originally came out, it was, you know, what the youth today would call woke because it had an interracial cast. Yeah, you had, yeah, in the, in the original Star Trek, you have, like, a, you know, wasn't it relatively interracial for its time? And you well, even I'm, had, like, a Russian character. There, there, yeah, there was a Russian on the bridge during the Cold War, and they had, like, one of the first interracial kisses on television. They had a, a black woman in a professional role. You know, like, during the interracial kiss, a, a bunch of networks in the South censored the kiss between Kirk and O'Hara. Wow. So, yeah, like, I mean, 
you know, Star Trek was, you know, for its time, very progressive. And they're, like, weird second-wavey, like, you know, is, like, better than the 1950s. Are these supposed to be kind of, like, Chairman Mao-type haircuts? <laughs> I think they're more like Spock. It's supposed to be like like the Vulcan because they they're, yeah. they're like related to Vulcans, basically. Yeah, exactly. Romulans are dick Vulcans. Yeah, <laughs> Romulans are dick Vulcans. The, 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 I always like Vulcans. Star Trek was, you know, for its time, very progressive. And they're like weird second wavey, like you know, liberal for is like better than the 1950s. This is Federation territory. Are these supposed to be kind of like Chairman Mao type haircuts? It might. Be. <laughs> I think they're more like Spock. It's supposed to be like like the Vulcan because they they're, they're like related to Vulcans basically. Yeah, exactly. Romulans are dick Vulcans. Yeah. <laughs> Romulans are dick Vulcans. The the, 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 the one on the left is uh, that's Marco Lemo who would play. Uh, so they're supposed to be Roman analogs, but they look they look. Uh, like so Asian. What gives them the right to enter Federation? Like they, they did recycle actors a lot, like on these shows. Like if you play like a bit part like this, you might get a bigger part somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some Orientalist stuff going on with like the the more authoritarian like uh, species they run into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and look at their eyebrows. Well, like kind of nearly more Asian eyebrows. <laughs> they look like the stereotypes, so you can tell what they're supposed to be fit in immediately yeah, yeah. like hey, the mark's um, talked about asiatic despotism look look the, ca the, the capitalist is, is teaching picard the art of the deal <laughs> they're hoping you know but they're too arrogant to ask you're out of line mister yes but it's a correct assessment we do not know who is responsible we have to learn from the capitalists so you know they'll sell us the rope we hang them with carried off I would like to offer a proposal. And you do need like a strong like actor on these shows the to sell that shit. The Federation. Nothing so grandiose. Just this. Cooperation. Like that's what's wrong with the that's Orville. Which is basically like Watch Seth MacFarlane LARPing the next generation. Right? Than either of us. You ever see that show? Let's collaborate. Let's share whatever we learn about what has happened here. I haven't Agreed. seen it, but if I was issue, famous, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's great that Seth MacFarlane has, like, money to just rip off Star Trek. Because your actions well, it's like, honestly, it would be, it would actually be a really good show if it had, like, someone else as the main character. Well, here's the thing, is that they actually brought in so many, like, Star Trek crew to, like, direct the Orville, and so stylistically it is so much more Star Trek than Discovery. Yeah, like, the, but the problem is, like, if he played the, the Doctor or somebody, and maybe got, like, a stronger, like, central actor, like, it would the show would totally work. Like, yeah. Yeah, that makes Seth sense. MacFarlane is a smug bitch. Yeah, yeah he would have made a good Voyager Doctor. Yeah, like he, like I mean, you know, he's he's a decent enough actor, but not enough to like carry a show like this. Like you need. We are back. Like, did you just see his face? Yeah, I totally agree. Our lives just became a lot more complicated. Did you see that, like, that expression change? Yeah, well, that, that's, like, set up for the next season, basically. Stay tuned. Shit's about to get real. Don't cancel us. Seriously, don't. What was the point of that shot? I don't know who said that. <laughs> it was just to show how good looking Picard is. Oh god, her hair is immortal. I've been able to locate a family living just outside of Indianapolis. The man's name is Thomas Raymond. Oh, yay. That's, that's my son's name. My son's name is Tommy. Computer, let us see Thomas Raymond. That, looks, that dude looks creepy as fuck. Oh my god. That's Donald. That's my husband. It looks just Actually, like my husband. Great, 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 As Aristotle said, you don't know if you're happy until you check in on your great, 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 great grandson. Is this spinning image? Well, I have his address. When you get back to Earth, you can go and see him. I do kind of want to see like the follow-up stories, stories of these characters. Oh, like, what happened? Like, 
what are would any of her family actually give right. a shit like hey um you know what i mean like if i met someone who's like a distant cousin like i wouldn't give a fuck like you know what i mean yeah but i'm like from the past I remember what baseball is. It's like when Americans come back to Ireland it and they say, "Oh, hi," and you're like, "Oh, fuck <laughs> off." <laughs> okay, Dad's talking. This is the other reason. They will deliver you there. Then what will happen to us? There's no trace of my money. My office is gone. What will I do? How will I live? This is the 24th century. Material needs no longer exist. Then what's the challenge? The challenge, Mr. Offenhaus, is to improve yourself, to enrich yourself. Enjoy it. Well, one good thing is since everybody's forgotten everything I ever did, it'll all be brand spanking new. I'll be a bigger hit than I ever was. Perhaps so. Anything is possible. I'm sure they'll want to listen to that. That offer does present. What do we think of the idea that, like, like the individual, like, self-improvement would be like the ethical mandate for like the social subject under communism? I mean, you can see it in kind of um, like a lot of Marxist literature where like socialism is seen as kind of expanding humanity's capacity to have control over its own existence. I do think communism where you just get high and don't work and just like flop around and that's it, like would kind of not be exactly where I'd want to live. We can't take them there ourselves. Having them on board is like a visit from the past. That would take us in the wrong direction. Our mission is to go forward, and it's just begun. Set velocity, warp six, Mr. LaForge. Aye, sir, warp six. There's still much to do, still so much to learn. Mr. LaForge, engage. I don't think competition would necessarily be non-existent with communism because you would still have people competing to be the best, you know, nuclear physicist. Competition becomes about actual merit rather than accumulation of value. Just like in academia, you know, you don't get much of a different pay raise for being Einstein or being a, a hack. Communism would be, would be the worst aspect of inherited human traits translated into like fun things like sports and I, I don't know, entertainment bullshit. Yeah, it wouldn't be life or death. Well, yeah, exactly. Which gives people a lot more room to probably think, you know, and take risks. Here's here's a problem, all right? This is a little bit like space Lasallian, space Stalinist, right? Like there's a meritocratic bureaucracy with all kinds of like qualifications. And if you take a modern idea of class, right? You know, you got to include that kind of stuff. And that's something that, you know, I chew on a lot when I'm watching because there's that military command structure in the Federation. Right. It's not like a, it's not like a complete like like a pirate ship or something where you have like elect leaders or whatever. Like it, it is a basic like like a command structure. It, so. Yeah, it's and it's like not that I have a total problem with any hierarchy at all, but it does seem like, you know, seems like maybe oh. on the on the jackboot side of where I would want to be. Well, I think it. I think it stems from you know an inability to really like conceptualize communism like narratively, especially within the realm of like say American television starting in the 1960s. So you have to basically pre- present something like familiar. So it's from the perspective of like this section, right, of like the broader system, and it just happens yeah. to be the section that's hierarchical, which people can kind of understand, right? I mean, I, I don't think like meritocratic hierarchies would go away under communism though 
that's the thing. Like, you would still need, like, some level of specialization for, like, doctors and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, someone has to prove they know how to do heart surgery if they're going to be qualified to give people heart surgery. Of course, but how do you, how do you avoid replicating class in that instance? Well, you would just make it so that everyone has the ability to learn how to do heart surgery if yeah. they wish to do by socializing mm-hmm. education. Yeah, but, but like, yeah, how, how would you make sure you would that... Make, like, luxury goods as a lottery system any luxury goods that can't be like mass produced end up becoming like something in the lottery system where like you would have to sign up for it and that sort of thing yeah but how would you say say like how would you prevent the doctor's kid from just i don't know wandering onto the bridge of the top vessel in the fleet and just kind of becoming a pilot without having to earn it I mean, but the thing is, like, you'd have to... Hypothetically speaking. Well, yeah, but the doctor, you know, he is only in control of what they do, just as it's not like their kid has any special privilege. It's not like being a specialist gives you a special privilege, which means... Because in capitalism, like, being a specialist, you know, it gives you a higher salary. It, you know, it gives you a higher class position. But under communism, it's not possible to attain like a higher class position by being a specialist. It just seems that even these like earned hierarchical, uh, bureaucratic, meritocratic kind of positions can be, I don't know, I guess I'm thinking it in contemporary terms, these things are all gamed towards the existing, like, you know, the other class mechanisms that Marxists are more accustomed to thinking about. But if you're in, like, a post-scarcity society, like, you're not going to make any more money being a doctor than you will be, like, pushing a broom around. So it's, like, like what, what, what reason would there be to, like, go and, like, fuck with, like, the doctor syndicate or whatever, you know? Yeah, there'd just, there'd just be, There'd just be no point. Yeah. I think it's just like um, like I agree you have to abolish that form of division of labor, but I think it's done through a sort of combination of work and education, and, and that will require social planning and whatnot. Yeah, because like being a doctor, there are probably like a ton of doctors in like poor in countries where, like being a doctor is the only thing here because you make so much money because they have a they basically have a guild that keeps their wages up. And it's being a doctor signifies having more access to the means of living than they do for other people. But once you like, once it doesn't, like you know, you you there's no class system. Like there's just people doing this or that. But if you have this more expanded vision of class, or this kind of I don't know what to call it, you kind of deal with the Weberian stuff. You deal with the literature on stratification. You deal with the Bourdieu because I think you can incorporate that without losing the Marxist core. You know, once you incorporate that stuff, like you do have to figure out what elements that we consider class would still stick around with the gut of class wrenched out. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, there will always be people like competing for distinction, but it won't be tied to like having access to the means of survival, basically. Yeah, I think that's the key point is that your location and division of labor doesn't determine your um, subsistence, your access to subsistence, and that your class status doesn't give you privileged locations in the division of labor. But um, this, yeah, this is all very much hard stuff to imagine. And again, like, Star Trek isn't a show, like, written by one person. Like, it's written by numerous writers who will cycle in and out of the series as it goes along. And so you have to basically expect, like, Hollywood TV writers to be able to like work within the confines of this vision. And most of those people are deeply unimaginative people who probably could not picture a form of society outside the one that they lived in. And even when they write about past society, they just kind of like project like their own sensibilities back into it because they're hacks. Yeah, but we're holding this show to a higher standard, okay? This show is like, look, it's the future. You should be hopeful. You know? This this is what the future could be like. Yeah, but it's produced by like shitty people in LA. Of course it is. It's like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But I think um, one of the bigger flaws in Star Trek is that I can't really imagine a future without military warfare. 
that makes sense because because war is such a a key part of so much of the plot and what drives it that it kind of misses out on one of the really important you know aspects of communism which is the abolition of nations and you know imperial divisions well yeah so it's kind of like the federation is basically like socialism in one cluster of of like star systems because they have it internally but they still have to basically deal with like external societies who don't share their outlook or whatever so it kind of strikes me as realistic yeah yeah that might be a thing if we actually do like space travel and like end up running i don't think it would be like star trek i think they would be like beyond society more like the cthulhu mythos than star trek to be honest well yeah it's not just going to be like they look exactly like people but they have a couple ridges on their head or some pointy ears or some yeah. shit like that although there is like an in-canon explanation for that within the yeah the- i was just thinking that that there's some like scattered humans throughout the galaxies uh, and that stuff to make sure that they don't all look like you know cthulhu nightmares Nah, it's it's gonna be the greys and and like insectoid type to be in because people have already bet these people, you know, these aliens from outer space and we know what they look like. Yeah, they're basically angels, got it. Well that's what that's what the Borg was actually gonna be. They were originally gonna go like full out and make them like these insectoid creatures instead of like like cybernetic space zombies. But that like would that would have just been way too fucking expensive though, so they did something simpler. I think it's funny how people compare Bordiga and Bordigism to the Borg. Borgadiga? Yeah, I just I heard they were going to call it the McEnroe as well. Huh. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't get the reference. I don't. McEnroe and Borg, the tennis players. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, I knew who McEnroe was, but I don't know who Borg is. So. I, I don't. There's a I tennis player called Borg. Yeah, beyond Borg. He was the youngest ever winner of, I think, French Open. Ah, he must be Swedish. I mean, we all just kind of watch television during a podcast. I don't know how well this went. truly an epic space adventure. It was pretty hard to record and edit, but uh, here we are. That was fun. Let us know what you think of our little foray into full episode pop culture commentary. Next week, we'll be discussing Rosa Luxemburg's series on the national question and autonomy. Like at Facebook, subscribe at SoundCloud, or donate to our Patreon or our PayPal. As always, you can harass us on social media, or send us an email to swampsidechats at gmail.com. Keep your boots clean, comrades.